Well, greetings and God bless you once again for joining us here at A Voice in the Distance. This is Pastor Rick here. And once again, we're coming through and going through the book of Exodus. Today we'll be in chapter 24. And last week was a, it was a very neat chapter. Uh, chapter 23, I titled that one, Celebrate God. And it's something we should do. But God gave us the means to do so in, in the scriptures. And why, why celebrate God? Why, why was that message titled that? Because, well, again, when we look at what God had given us, he'd given us in chapter uh, 23 in, in regards to justice for all people. And then he gave to his people at the time the law of the Sabbath. But then why we labeled it uh, to celebrate God was basically because God instituted three of the annual feasts that they were to celebrate during the year. And with that came an angel of the promises. So absolutely there was a reason to be celebrating God. He gave us the reason to celebrate him and to celebrate with him, to celebrate for him and with one another. And and so uh, we're going to be continuing to celebrate God, I hope, because, you know, as we go through the word of God in Exodus, you know, we see what he did. And, and it's, an, it's an amazing story here on, on the things that happened here, on how God worked in these people and, and how God worked through Moses. And, and so now we're going to see, in chapter 24, we're going to see Israel affirming the covenant that God's going to make with them. And, and we're going to see Moses being the one that's going to be chosen to do that, to be, to be meeting with God up on the mount. And, and it's amazing to see the things that God does continually throughout the lives of those that he did in the past. And then hearing the stories of people on how, how God used them and, and, and the amazing things that God does today. Yeah, there's a church that I attend uh, out here on Wednesday nights that I've become uh, very close to with these people. And, you know, witnessing the things that, that, that God has done with them, hearing their testimonies. It has just been absolutely amazing. And, and knowing that you are in a house of God is, is, is such a blessing. Because we go to churches, okay? We, we go to a church, and, and, and we go to a church at times, and we come and we do our thing. And then we leave. We come back in the next week, or sometimes the week after, depending on our schedules. And we come back and we do the same thing over and over. We get our fill for the week, and that's it. But but it, how neat it is to be able to go to a place to hear testimonies on a weekly basis on something that God did for these people, for his people, today. And I remember some months back, I was asked to teach a sermon there. And though I've been teaching for years, I was scared to death and and it wasn't because i was i was worried about oh you know teaching at a new place it wasn't that i was scared of uh, am i going to be dynamic am i going to be accurate enough uh, I, that that's always the concern first and foremost is accuracy but i was absolutely scared and i'll tell you why because because i see how much god loves these people at the church that i attend and i see how much they love god and because of that, I was I was terrified. I was terrified to bring to bring to them as I was chosen to do such, because I seen how much God loves them. You know, if 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 a king came to visit you, and if a king or if a king said, "I want you to I want you to prepare something for my children," 
And the last thing we're going to do, if we're to prepare a meal for the king's children, the last thing we're going to do is we're going to the last thing we're going to do is pull out something frozen and then try to and then try to heat it up in a microwave form. No, we want to be able to give them something fresh, something something they've never had before, or maybe just something that that again, that God, I want to pour out my heart and I want to give to them, Lord, to to bake you, please. Because even though I'm one of yours as well, I was asked to, to, to deliver a message. And so that was where I was at with that. And I see where God works here and how he uses Moses and so on and so forth. You know, he, he's in a very, uh, a very tough uh, predicament here in regards to the leadership of Israel. And, and so we can never take for granted our service to the Lord. Because it is such an amazing opportunity. Now I've noticed something interesting about God and mountaintops. He seems to like to meet people on mountaintops. Because we're going to see here where Moses is going to be climbing Mount Sinai in the desert. But then years later when, when uh, the shift comes to the country of Israel. There's another special mountain there called Mount Zion overlooking Jerusalem. And and it just seems that the, the, the mountaintops seem to have a very uh, interesting significance in regards to God and meeting God at places. But he meets us where we're at. Let's take a look here. If you got your Bible in Exodus chapter 24, let's look at verse 1 through 3 first. And it says, Now he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron and, the, and Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said, we will do. Now, what what an amazing thing here, that Moses was chosen to come alone up to the mount. It would have been interesting to know what was going through his mind when his brother Aaron and the 70 elders uh, were to worship from afar. Now, this is the presence of God. When in the earlier chapters, he appeared to an extent with the thunder and the clouds and just his voice being heard, right? The, The fear of the people was great. But special access to God, what a gift and a responsibility that we see. Because throughout the New Testament, throughout the New Testament, the name of Moses was mentioned about 80 times. And I I believe that Abraham was mentioned 70 times. Now, some have argued, who was the greatest between Abraham or Moses in the Jewish outlooks? Well, they were both the two most predominant figures in the Old Testament and in the history of Israel. But they were used by God and chosen for amazing things in two completely different eras. It'll be great to see the both of them in heaven and to converse, but God loved and chose them because he knows who is right for his purpose. And at the time, Aaron, the brother of Moses, will be used in mighty ways as a priesthood. But it started here. The covenant with Israel, or what we know as the the Mosaic Covenant. And and, and that word covenant is a heavy word. You know, because we use it today in the form of writing something, in the form of a contract. And, And breaking a contract could lead to a legal dispute. But see, a covenant was much deeper, it was stronger. And it was never to be broken between the ones making it. Because before the Mosaic Covenant, we had the Abrahamic Covenant between God and Abraham. 
that, that his descendants, Abraham's descendants, would number the stars of the skies and the grains in the sands as the father, as he would be the father of many nations. And what had happened was, is God had come down in the form of a torch, and Abraham fell asleep as God made a what was called a Chaldean covenant with, uh, in, with that of Abraham. Abraham was a Chaldean. And this was a very serious covenant in which an animal would be cut in half, and the two parties would meet each other in between the animal making the covenant. In, in, in the Chaldean covenant, the meaning of the animal in half was a sign that if someone breaks this covenant, may this be your fate. <laughs> now, what's interesting was is that God himself came down, and, 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 and he passed through the animals as Abraham was put to sleep. But Abraham got a glimpse of God coming down in the form of a torch, and God passed through them himself. Why? Because God never breaks a covenant. And the people, they heard and agreed... And they answered with one voice, as it should be when God speaks, everyone agrees, because God is always right. I, I love it when I'm somewhere, uh, like at a church, and, and, and when the word of God is quoted by the pastor or whoever is teaching, and then you hear the crowd shouting, out, they shout out together, Amen. And Amen means, may it be so, because you cannot go wrong when you quote the word of God. It's the only time I myself know that when I'm right about something is when I quote the word of God. But when we become one of the children of God, we want to do what pleases Him. We want to walk in His ways and statutes because it is for our benefit. He created these uh, things for the people, okay? The laws, the covenants, for the sake of the people. It protected and blessed those in a covenant. And over time, we will see others that God made with, uh, other covenants that God made with people who were special in that, uh, of faith, in that and their love for God. But we take that word covenant and, and we think, wow, what a, what a serious word it is because it's a serious thing that's done. Verse 5 through 8 says, And then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrifice, uh, peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and, and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, All the Lord has said, We will do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. Now, in this covenant that was made, we, we see the things of sacrifice. Now, that can be confusing if you're a first-time reader, or, or a child even, okay? Uh, sprinkling of blood on an animal, uh, and an animal dying as part of the process. Again, praise God for the sacrifice of Christ Jesus once and for all, for our sake, 2,000 years ago. But as this time was, uh, this was the requirement of the people of Israel and God in the covenants and atonement for sins at the time. Now, some people have asked, why, why was it so horrific in the form of the atonement for sin? And the easiest answer is that sin is horrific in the eyes of God. So the atonement for those sins were something to think about. It was an accepted sacrifice in the form of a substitute for sin. And, and on top of it, it was the proof that one life was given for the sin of the other. Now, I remember when I was in Bible college reading a, a book by a professor who went to, um, he went to a seminary in Switzerland. I might have told the story before. 
And when he was in Switzerland, he was driving home one night on a dark country road, uh, and a deer, a deer ran across the road, and, and he hit the car. And as he pulled over, the deer got up and kind of staggered off, but fell. And the, the um, seminary professor who wrote this knew that this deer was not going to survive. In fact, it was going to suffer. Now, in a mercy call, he, he'd written down that he had a knife in the trunk of the car. And, and he decided to put it out of its misery. And he was, as I was reading this, he said he was holding it. And he said as he, as he cut its throat that he could feel the life draining out of this deer. And then after that, he himself had a better understanding of what it was like to have to sacrifice something for our doing. Yeah, the, the deer hit the, uh, ran out in the middle of the road, but he, he hit the deer. And I could not imagine doing that, you know, for having to do that for this uh, atonement for sins. I am glad for the Lord and his coming for what he did for us on that cross. But this was God's covenant with Israel, and, and the blood sprinkled on the people and on the altar was the bonding of the covenant. Now, as for the animal, just to explain how it worked, as it didn't, it didn't explain here uh, what would happen, is it, it would actually be used for food. The, the animal didn't go to waste, okay? As they would sacrifice it, they would have it butchered to certain portions that would go to the priests, and others would actually buy sections like that in a meat department in a grocery store. So that was explained later in the Bible, but we're, we're seeing the beginning of how things worked. Because God never allowed things to go to waste. It was, it was in good use, always. But this, this was the way that the sinner could approach God after falling. This was the beginning picture of, of what was to come in the New Testament. The firstborn male of, a, of certain animals that were without blemish, without flaws, was the requirement. Okay, it was the requirement before accepted as a sacrifice because the priest would inspect it. Christ Jesus was the firstborn male completely without flaw and blemish. He broke no law or committed no sin. He came to earth and became the perfect sacrifice. And Jesus said to the disciples when he was in the upper room at the Last Supper or Passover, when they did their communion together, he said, with, this, with the cup, with this cup, uh, he told them, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for many of the remissions of sins. And, and I bring that up to remind us or to show us who have never heard what God did during the time of Exodus and the time of Christ and, which, and why we celebrate him to this day. Because we are truly blessed beyond imagination that God set up the ways for us then and now to be with him, which was an access to be with him in his glory. So in that, let's continue in verse 9 through 11. And it says, Then Moses went up also. Aaron, Nabad, and Abihu were, were um, and, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the, the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And it was like the very heavens in the, in the clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God, and they ate and drank. Now, the visions... The visions that were of God in the Bible were very hard to picture when described. We, we can't paint a picture of God. <laughs> you know, some of these artists, you know, we've seen the ones where, uh, uh, where the hand of God is pointing and, and you know, and the other, and the, the hand of man is trying to touch his finger with his finger. That's, we can't paint a picture of God. 
Because we take the prophet Ezekiel. He had seen the vision of him. John the Apostle in the book of Revelation seen him as he was brought up to heaven. Now, how much of God these elders got to see, we're not sure because when Moses meets with God on the mount, God will tell Moses that, you know, you cannot see my face, Moses, because you cannot, you know, you cannot see uh, you cannot see me in my full glory on earth because it will literally kill you. That's what we're going to see here pretty soon. Moses or any person could not withstand it. Now, this would not look like a face-to-face encounter that they had as the other visions were, but I have to say, even just a partial glimpse is enough, because we'll get to see him in heaven where, where no one will perish ever. But if I may skip to the end of the Bible, I would like to quote what was seen by John as a clear vision. And I'm going to quote from Revelation chapter 4 and verse 6, which says, Now, before the throne... There was a sea of glass like crystal. And then in in Revelation chapter 22 verse 1 it says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. That being Christ Jesus. Other parts of Revelation spoke of jewels on the walls, sapphire uh, being just one of them, one of many, which is completely unimaginable. So after they seen a glimpse... They did what most would do in the greatest experience of their lives. They celebrated. They ate and they drank in fellowship with one another. Because God calls us to do that. They they celebrated in the presence of God. God is there when a covenant is made and he never abandons a covenant. See, people do all the time. But as we continue, we will see the covenants made with others. See, God is faithful in why he was the one uh, to make these covenants. Because we break things all the time. Contracts, covenants, marriages, you know, you name it, we break it. But God does not. Because God always lived up to them, which is why I'm bringing them up. To remind us that when he says something, he means it. When, when he does something, it's done. And it's done right and done once and for all. But but though this was done thousands of years ago, he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Because celebrate the Lord. Celebrate with one another. Celebrate here while we're here because he is worthy of the praise and honor. Yes, there will be hardships. And yes, there will be pains and sufferings while we're here. But he also brings comfort and joy. And the ultimate comfort and joy is with him in eternity. This was the time to prepare for for that while on earth. And and we are still called to do so. Take the time. Take the time with those in your family. Take the time with those in your congregation. Because these are good times. They're spent with the Lord and with one another. And, And may we be taking this time together. Whoever is listening. Wherever you may be. Because God is everywhere. Thank the Lord for the covenants that were made because we get to witness his faithfulness and his love. And know that we got to be a part of that new covenant allowing us to be in his house dwelling with those that we're reading about right now. Right now that that we're there to witness this thousands of years ago because God is truly good all the time. Now let's continue in verse 12 to 18. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them 
So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. And then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. And now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. So now the meeting with God begins. Forty days, forty nights here. And we have the name Joshua that was mentioned as the assistant to Moses. He is the one in the book of Joshua who will be, uh, who will take over when Moses will pass away. As, you know, as Joshua accompanied Moses to the mount, he will accompany him through the desert for the rest of the forty years. And then we have Aaron and Hur. You know, we have Aaron and Hur here, wonderful men to have on Moses' side. Aaron being his brother and, and Hur being a man of God with him. And, and some chapters back during a battle that they had, they were fighting with an enemy that hated them. And, and they were succeeding as long as Moses' arms were raised during the battle. But when his arms fell, they were falling in the battle. Now, Aaron and Hur were the ones holding up his arms for him, but, but he, when he couldn't keep them up. But now Moses is being called up alone to meet with God on this jagged mount. I pictured this rugged mountain being covered by clouds, you know, and mist, as it says here. As they were watching Moses walk up and then disappearing into the clouds to not be seen for 40 days. Then it'll get interesting, right? See, the, the Lord being a consuming fire on the mount again was a sight to see. We are called to be a light because God is a light. God is dwelling on the mount in his glory. It's like a lighthouse in the dark place for us to find him. This place, we take a look here, this place was, it was dangerous to travel through. And, and God, he instructed everyone to stay cleared. No one can even touch the mountain because of God's presence, as we will see. Now, but this was the beginning to something great. God will use Moses to start the beginning of how things were done in celebration, sacrifice, and many other things on how to walk with God during this time for his people. But, but see, how about, uh, how about us in the here and now? Question is, is where do we stand with God? How do we walk with God? See, if you are here on earth living and breathing, it was because God has you here. He knew you before even being conceived in the womb. This is to help us to... Now, this here, what we do at A Voice in the Distance, is to help us to get to know about God, and better yet, to know God personally. And to study His words so we know what God wants and what He says. Because the Bible is more than just a mere book. It is the most important library that you will ever possess. You see, we may not have had uh, to walk up Mount Sinai for the experience that Moses had, but we, get, we too meet with God right here and now and right where you are. This time we have the, we have the Lord... This, is, this time we have the Lord, is not, it's not just a time killer for, for having a good time or to be simply using our walk with the Lord as simply a feel-good moment when we need it. 
See, we receive him and walk with him because we believe in him and believe in what he did and what he continues to do. And many who know about the Lord can tell you about what he did back in the Bible. But those who know him personally and walk with him can tell you uh, not just what about what he did, but they can tell you about what he's doing right now as we speak. Now my question is, is how would you like to be in that place? To be able to say that you are, you are a son or a daughter of the Lord by receiving Christ who died for you and for me, for the world, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but will have everlasting life. Well, that time can be now. The, the time for you to climb the mount right where you're at. Right? Right where you're at. As, as Christ will come and meet you as well to receive you if you will say this prayer of receiving him with me right now. See, he's been waiting for, he's been waiting for us, you know. Appointed times. Just like Moses had the appointed time on the mountain. And if I were to title this message, I would title it for, for what it was, uh, for what it was about, which is a message that what is about for you right now, which is it's time to climb. Are you ready to meet with God? A lot of people are afraid when I talk to them about the Lord and bringing them to the Lord. I don't think I can. I don't, I'm not ready. This is something that, that we cannot play with. Time is not something we can play with. Because tomorrow is never guaranteed. Whether you leave your house or whether you even wake up in the morning. And so the greatest decision one has ever made is, is receiving God. Receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. Because He wants you. He's been wanting you. We just said it right now. He died for the world. That whosoever should believe in Him shall, shall have eternal life. So if you feel led, that is the greatest way right then and there to know that you feel in your heart that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you saying, come on, it's going to be the greatest thing you'll ever do. Because when your time is up, you will be with Him in eternity. And while you're here, well, you're going to walk with Him and, and be able to talk with Him regularly through prayer and get to read, his, read the Word to get to know the Lord more and more. Lord willing, you will plug yourself into a solid Bible teaching church that, that worships and prays and loves one another. doesn't get any better than that. I can attest to you that, that being in a fellowship, whether it be in a church or a home, a home group, where God is being ta- the Word of God is being taught for what it's saying, in depth and in truth, where people are one with with one another and one with Him through prayer and through love, it is it is a wonderful experience. So I want to invite you to share in that experience. But you must, you must receive Christ first, and then everything else will come. He Himself said it: "Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all else will follow." What is that? What else will follow? I don't know. Everybody's, everybody's going to have to experience that for themselves. Right now, this is just the invitation for you to receive. If you feel led, say this prayer after me. Dear God, please forgive me. Please forgive me of all of my sins as I confess to you that I am a sinner, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that you would receive me 
receive me into your kingdom when my time comes. Is I receive you now as my Father. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I want to thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for coming and teaching us. Living for us and dying for us. As I receive you now. And may you receive me as one of your own. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, you know, it's funny, these messages seem to go by so quick, you know, when I'm, uh, when I'm doing them, but I, I hope they're fulfilling. You know, again, keep in mind that you could actually go through and, and read more and hear more of, of God's Word. And, and pray for a voice in the distance. Pray for me. Because, again, the, the goal is to have the whole Bible taught from beginning to end. Pray that God will allow the time and the ability to do so. And what a joy it will be to to have you follow along and, and to see many things that God will do in my life, your life, and to see one another in eternity. So may God bless you. May He bless your family and keep you. May God bless you always. Take care.